What's up, Laboogie Podcast listeners? This is your host, Josh Kirkman, recording this intro from the Canary Islands, Galdar, just about to shoot down and see if a new women's world champion is about to be crowned or a defending one is about to be recrowned. This podcast episode I'm getting out right now is a doozy, features Amori Laverne. It's a follow up with him that was recorded in Arika and it followed on from his almost perfect sessions round of 29.5 or something ridiculous um and it was before his next heats it's a really good one it goes into a lot of things about his life about his regime about the big changes he's gone through this year and i can't thank the guy enough for sitting down and having a chat and if you are tuning into the fronton king right now expect to see some incredible action from moz in the coming days check it out and enjoy Amori Laverne, thank Hi you Josh. again. Yes, thanks again to invite me. It's a pleasure. Good, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you, buddy. Yeah. I was a bit away. It's been a while. <laughs> a bit away. This time last year we recorded our first yeah. podcast. Yeah, true. More or less. Over there, like after the event, yeah. Alex Uranga, yeah. having fun. Yeah. Now we are just before the event. Exactly. Last year we did after, right? Yeah, last time was after. I think we both finished ninth. So okay, this we time you position. got one. You, you you came through one more today. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, how are you feeling? Like I mean, this is your first competition in a while. Like you've Since had front on king, you've really. Had a crazy results so far. Yeah, man, it's pretty. F- you never know really what's gonna happen nah. in the contest, you know. Nah. And knowing if you feel ready or not for a bodyboarding contest is something so subjective, so hard to tell. Yeah, like yeah, you can yeah. feel you surfing good, you can feel you fit. Yeah. And 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 things happening mm-hmm. because you never know what wave's gonna come to you really. And I know I'm feeling confident in Arika. Maybe more confident than few guys. Uh, but you never know really what's gonna happen mm-hmm. before hit. If the waves are pumping for everyone, I mean, like a really me- mechanical wave when all the sets are pumping, but it was not really the case. It was many good waves, but you have to pick them up. Mm. You have to be there. It was a four men's hit. Mm. So, so I'm actually yeah, just trying to analyze what's happening. And, mm. and, and so I'm, I'm super stuck how the thing went and the way I ride the wave. Could be riding better in free surf, maybe. You think you could be? Yeah, I don't know. I just... Um, yeah, some wave that was like, I mean, that, that last 10, for example, I had with that barrel and flip out. I mean, it was radical and kind of heavy, but that flip was not, was, was heavy, but it was not technically perfect, mm. you know? Like guys like, I don't know, Pierre, Tanner, some other guy maybe could do something more technical. It was kind of heavy, my legs, I really wanted to land that one. Mm. Some small details, but because so many things coming together, I was stuck, stuck mm. on the results. Have you ever had a, a heat? like that where you've had such a high score is that no never never right never the, the only hit that could be close to that one and the hit i had against jeff mm. two years ago mm. and i needed a 10 to beat him yeah. he had a 10 yeah i had like a nine something or he had a nine something too and i needed a 10 to beat him and i had the 10 in the last 20 seconds that was here that was here yeah was that like the reverse at the yeah, end yeah like reverse it was yeah. more like four foot gringo exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. more moves like yeah moves or combos I just, that was that was pretty much my best hit. Yeah. And it's still his. Because I mean I score on that one, the one here. Yeah. Yesterday, but the one against Jeff, all the scenario was, was pretty insane. That was the final too, yeah. No, that was a semi-final. Aha, uh-huh, okay. And then I went to the final and pretty sure I lost against Jared. Uh-huh. That year. Okay. Yes. So you surfed your final in the semi-final. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just give give it all. Yeah. Give it all before. And I I thought it was happening to me today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the way it was really bad, and yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, but maybe I just had too much karma yesterday, yeah, and, yeah. and it's done. It's, it's something people think like that, but I don't think it's, it's true. No. You don't believe in karma? Yeah, I believe in karma, but not that you're going to use too much karma, <laughs> and then you're not going to have it the day after. I don't think that. Yeah, I trust in karma, or whatever you want to call it. How does it work for you, that karma, in your yeah. understanding or your belief? Uh, I think all the message that you are sending to the universe, like from the inside, not talking with someone, really you, yeah. as a person alone, not with your wife, not with anyone, just yeah. you, what's really the message you can send to the universe, is getting back to you at some, at some stage in some different way. 
So if you want to deserve or what you want to be, but inside you are not, like you want to show to the people, for example, someone mm. that really have a facade mm. and inside is not like it, that would, and it gets surprised that why this karma is getting back to me like this, but maybe because deep inside is not what it is. Mm. So I think it's important to be really, like, I mean, I've got a facade. You do? Yeah, I think mm. everybody does. Mm. It's hard to be like totally pure, like a father and a athlete and and a friend with mm. everyone and the fans and everything for sure I've got a facade mm. but I think the karma depends on what really you are deep inside and what you're thinking stuff like that it's, it's hard to describe but I think it's what you send to the universe you will have it at some stage will you back to you Helen like obviously at one point in your life you really wanted a world title or you wanted to be the best I never really no no so then why like did I was step give you, by step. Why did the world titles come to you? Yeah, at, at the beginning in Reunion, I just wanted because many guys was bodyboarding, yeah. and sincerely, many guys was better than me. Mm. I was good, but never before I was close to the title. People told me you can't be world champ. Never. Mm. I was 16, 15, surfing in Reunion, good mm. backflip, that left it was good. But some guy was better. I was doing the national. Then my dream was to. First, my dream was like to study and bodyboarding. That was my first dream because mm. I had to study. Mm. And then I've been in the world too, and my dream was like maybe to know the, my, the, my idols, mm. all the pro. Mm. I could be with them. That was. And then my dream was like, well, if I can make a final and have a, a name there, mm. make it final in Pipeline. When I made that first final in Pipeline 2007, mm. I did third. There was like 50 people waiting for me at the airport when mm. I went back to Reunion. Crazy. Because many guys from Reunion went to Hawaii since the 80s. Yeah, yeah. So Amor 11, 2007 final in Pipeline, I was big, so I was already a bit the world champ of <laughs> this, you know? <laughs> and then and then I stopped the union at this stage and then yeah. go for it. And then I was like, okay, I can do better. But then I won Pipeline 2010. Mm. Same, I get back to Reunion, 50 guys were there with for me, TV and everything. And I was already another time my world champ. Mm. And then slowly during the year, I realized, wow, I can't do it. Mm. I'm there. So yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's the way you just competing. And I never went because always there was so many good bodyboarders around me. Mm. I never feel I'm gonna get win this one because I'm the best. Because mm. many guys, Pierre mm. is more like this. I mean, Pierre is finishing second in the contest. He's gonna say, wow, that's the worst place, Emery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be happy. No, this is the worst. I was one spot to win. <laughs> me, I'm already happy. Yeah. I mean, if I was losing today, I would be bummed, but my performance is there. So I don't know. Uh, the, the, the title, and then my second title was different. I knew I could do it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there, there I, was, I was thinking about more world title. More another one. Yeah, mm. I can't do it. Not doing IRSs on rides, but I've got some other strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kingy won two titles without IRSs. Yeah, yeah. Not even in right or left. Mm. Stuff like that, comparing a bit, and I was thinking, I can't do it. I do it again. and. But it's, it's hard, it's a mm. hard one. Pierre and Tanner, this kind of guy, are technically above than most of the humans. Has to be immortals. Yeah, really can think about many world titles. Mm. But we were talking about with Pierre, like Tanner seems not, he's not like so much into it. Like, I mean, the, I think he's dreaming or whatever, thinking about world title, but. He's loved his free surfing and... Yeah, I feel like he's in a little bit of a phase. Yeah, and like because of the new yeah. social media and everything, it's just because he's young, he's realized that world title is good, but some other stuff can make you famous and yeah. a, a professional bodyboarder, and I don't know. I was reminded by someone the other day, though, because I was asking the same question about his motivation and, and is he really in it this year? And they kind of said, you know, give him a break. He's been at this a long time yeah. already, I think. Like he's yeah, since twelve years old, exactly. people told him you the freak. You. Exactly, exactly. It's true. Yeah. So I think it weighs down on people. I think like it's the the burnout can really happen. So much expectation. Know? Yeah, yeah. I think for me, when I was younger, I put that expectation quite high on myself as well to expect to be able Ma to get a yeah. world title or to win an event. And then I think that pressure broke me down when I was younger, for sure. It's good to win, but there is a way to win. I remember winning yeah. one time in Takochara and I, I didn't do nothing good in the contest. I was mm. really tactically and physically, mm. but not even one good move, like really technical, just. Mm. <coughs> but sometimes you just do it, you lost, mm. but it's one of the best hit of your life. Exactly. And you've been surfing incredible, so I was a bit shared between these, mm. these feelings. How do you, um, when you're competing, 
Well, let's come back to where we are now. Like, you've come into this competition very fresh. It seems like you're very fresh. You're very relaxed. You're very happy to be here. You don't seem to have any baggage holding you down. There seems to be zero stress. Zero stress. Zero stress. So what is going on? How do you explain this yeah. state of mind and state of being that yeah, you have Yeah, what's right happening now? in my life. Yeah. I mean, the, f the main reason why I'm not on the world tour today is my family. Mm. Financially too, because I realize what, what life costs mm. if you really want to make it happen mm. for you and your family. Yeah. And, and being with them, like with this trip I'm doing in Mexico and Costa Rica, I had some amazing family times, like mm. just something really someone is not father can really understand like mm. something really strong mm. Oliver losing his first teeth <laughs> like swimming in front of me for the first time just yeah. go I go without floaters body and just yeah, swim yeah, yeah. stuff like that you know um, the boys are there the boys are there interrupting don't touch the camera you just keep on get away from it get away from it yeah, this so you're having some of these moments. So exactly, some amazing moments that make me come in here so relaxed. Yeah. That's for the family side. Mm. Competitive side, I just uh, didn't compete in front on King last year. Mm. And I love competitions. Mm. Um, but the way the World Tour is done mm. this year, and that makes me a bit tired from the last few years, is, mm. and, it, and, and it depends from the promoter, so it's tough, but going through like four events in a row is too much. It's crazy. Too much physically for the people. Mm. Mentally, financially, mm. lovely if you have even a dog at home, it's tough. Yeah. So I, I get here and I realize that people was like, oh, yeah, we stuck, but we all want to go home. Is everybody? Oh, no, most of the guys. Yeah. yeah, right. Uh, guys I'm with. Yeah. They're tired. French guys and couple guys are yeah. like, I'm already we're here for a while. <laughs> and I know. So I knew that it was an advantage to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the other side, I was surfing one foot, two foot beach breaks in Costa Rica in warm water and I was thinking, wow, this is not the best training, mm. like concretely. Mm. And surfing a bit, like one hour, being with the family. In Mexico, I surfed a lot, but Costa Rica, mm. I've been in the water, but not surfing much, one yeah. or two in like two weeks. And I was like, mm. but running on the beach, stretching, doing my stuff when I can be with my family. Mm. And I knew I would get waves here. Mm. So I was, I knew I was giving, coming here really light mm. but at the same time maybe not the best training I was mm. like people are used to like I'm like oh people are in Chile since like two weeks they're used to the cold water and me I'm gonna get that for free on and it's gonna mm. be weird but I know they're gonna be tired and me I'm gonna be fresh I knew it I was visualizing it mm. talking with Maleni and mm. watching it at the Fagasta Marie there is drop you could be there and me yeah maybe we should not come in Costa Rica, we should be all together on Tafagasta. I've got mm. friends there, mm. compete, you on the beach, I will do an academy. If I talk with the guys, easy. But we went to Costa Rica, warm beaches, that's just amazing. I was mm. like, now this is the call. Because mm. these trips, we just decided like a few months ago, what we do. Mm. We're not on the tour, what we do. Okay, let's go to Mexico and Costa Rica. Boom. Yeah. Make academy happening. So anyway, I just came here really fresh and light mm. in my mind, in my body. I was taught to have two days free surfing before the event. Yeah. Because this wave, even if you come here since like 15 years, you never used to really. It seems like it. Like I knew the. Seems like it until you get a 12 second barrel <laughs> at uh, Arika on what you second surf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> but, you, but even if people think, oh, Maurice looks so comfortable for surf, it's not true. I comfortable. Yeah. I come here, but I need these days of surfing before the event. Yeah, sure. Like I, when I arrived, I just went by myself surfing onshore in the afternoon alone, mm. like at midday, no yeah. one in the water. Because I needed to touch this water to yeah, yeah, yeah. see how my board's feeling and, and use the wetsuit. Mm. And the day after there was no comps and I was stoked. Like actually I was, I put on the group, let's have the event tomorrow. Yeah. And then I said to Pierre, what I'm doing? I will be stoked, there was no event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a bit keen to compete, but yeah. then what are you doing? And then no events, I was stuck, free surfing, four yeah. hours, boom, get back. Yeah. Some good waves. and. So I don't know, I just feel fresh and, and happy, you know, mm. like you said. And because my thing's going well, I was a bit, like I'm still a bit lost of what I'm doing because I'm on the two, I can see I'm doing good. Mm. But, and my academy is doing good and everything, mm. but I still a bit like where I should, like I know I should be here. This is my, my choice, mm. but didn't take my license this year. APB, I mean, APB license, many choices. I still figure out if I'm doing the right thing. Nobody's. 
mm. like my wife, I'm talking with my wife, couple friends, but nobody, I don't have manager, I don't have coach mm. to tell mm. me, I'm really, you should do that. Mm. But most of the guys are like this and it's mm. just autodidact, I mean, yeah, they're doing yeah. their own choice. So I'm like, so I'm doing the right things, mm. uh, still figure it out. Do you have anyone, like, so what, you, do you have any mentor or anyone you talk to for advice? You no, don't, do not really. I, I had some in my life. Yeah. But most of the time they were not from bodyboarding really, so yeah. it would work for like a few weeks or days and then realize that we were not in the same rhythm. Uh-huh. I'm living in the rhythm of the sea. Yeah. So I'm surfing sometimes a lot and training and then someone I don't understand, someone is out of bodyboarding won't understand anything of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, let's go training. I'm already now front end is good, man. I'm not gonna go training. Or nah. tomorrow it's good. I need rest. And so one time, two time, and one week, and then okay, yeah. So, so always learning a lot from a lot of people. Yeah. When I was in the French team, we had like some uh, mental preparation before yeah, the event yeah. with like a, with like a, a professional of this, and then doing some yoga courses, a lot of yoga with different guys, and mm. then but I realized. I don't want to go to the yoga course at six o'clock, so I'm gonna do it at my place yeah. and watch some video and doing my own yoga teacher, yeah. stuff like that. So slowly I realized that I needed like this house I've got in the Canaries watching the ocean, my training room in my house and just making everything at the same place. That's perfect. So I don't have any mentor or and everything. No. I've got few people, my wife really, my mm. mom is really into it too. Mm. More, a bit more distance these days because you know I'm a man and I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she's she's really good on advice. Yeah, she knows cool. me and, and, and she's really she's really smart. Mm. That's cool. So That's yeah cool. not 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 repeated and it's hard sometimes. Mm. Especially I left Reunion, I'm in the Canaries. Yeah. I've got good friends in the Canaries but mm. not like in Reunion where I grew uh. up and it's different. Yeah. So sometimes my friend from Reunion are far away, even if today with the WhatsApp or whatever yeah. you can talk but it's different. So uh, yeah, pretty solitary mm. last few years. My wife and there, but yeah, pretty solitary this last few, I don't know. Has it, I wanted to get to this kind of life in the Canaries. Um, before we go there though, I wanna, I wanna actually ask another question related to the competition and just how you're feeling right now. And I guess, um, do you feel like I don't want to put any pressure on you for the result, but I mean, you're looking really good. Like, you know, you have to admit, you're, you're the strongest guy here. You, you, you have a distinct advantage, which you already knew before you were coming, that everybody's pretty tired, everybody's worn out. They've, they've done like four competitions now. Um, you're into the final eight, so you're going to get a fifth placing at the very worst if you lose your next heat. It's against Pierre-Louis Costa, yeah. so it's going to be a tough heat. Exactly. But, you know, let's... That's the scenario if you do get into the final, onto the podium, win the event. Does that change anything for you with your focus for the rest of the year? Because if you do win this event, you are very much a world title contender. Yeah, this is interesting. We were talking about that with Pierre, like, yeah. like with Brahim and yeah. Brahim Douche and Maxim Castillo. Mm. We had this lunch together this, this day and, and they were talking, oh, we should we should uh, film you with you and PLC, like all the routine from now to tomorrow the heat and yeah, people yeah. will love it and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then we are talking about this, that I didn't take my license this year. And, yeah. oh, and Pierre told me, Amory, if you do even fifth here, you're gonna be in the top 24. Exactly. Tomorrow, Exactly. like the day after tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you win, well, you're gonna be in the top 16. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then if you do a good result in front on, you will be in the top 16 for sure without taking the license this year. Exactly, yeah. And even if you go to Sintra and then Fronton, you can be world champ almost or in the top three, maybe not, not with need Australia. You to go to Australia. I need to That's go to Australia. Question. That's the you question. You will need to go to Australia. I won't. You won't? No. Even if you win this event? Yeah, I won't. Okay. I won't. I won't. I won't. If I win this event, I will be stopped and I will make Fronton and I will drop in Sintra. You won't prone in Sintra? Yeah, I will prone in Sintra. Yeah, Maybe I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not sure to go to Sintra. Yeah? No. Okay. No. This year, my choice really, when I, my choice at the beginning of the year was yeah, not yeah. doing any events. I know, I know. And then don't, you want to license somebody? No, I don't want. Exactly. No, no, Arika, looks, at the beginning of the year, was not there, and yeah. Fronton looks far. Yeah. I'm like, not license. And then, yeah. boom, pop up uh, Arika again, and then yeah. Fronton solid out, yeah, and then. Yeah. Craig, could I take my license or not? <laughs> like, sorry, no, I'm already, you said no. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. That was my choice and I said, no, it's true. Yeah. I, I go. So, um, I won't go in Australia. Okay. 
my kids enter in the school in the uh -huh. 8th of September. This is really important. Mm. Um, right after I might go in Sintra, yeah. but I'm really focused on Arica and then on Fronton. Yeah. And I know I could be in top 16 Easy. with a good result on both. Yeah. And then the year after, I You think you'll come back? Yeah, I will come back. Yeah. I'm figured out with the academy if I can do like my dream, my vision at the moment that middle term, mm. long term one, I don't still have it, but mid term, it will be to to cool mix my family, my academy and the world too. Mm -hmm. If I had a lot of money, I would bring my family here with me mm. and rent a place and then have a car and then just go for it and everywhere. And I would mm. bring them in Australia. We have an amazing time in the mm. beach, competing them on the beach the parakeets like mm. I dream about that but mm. it's super expensive yeah so so I don't know I'm, I, I and I, I like this break I'm having like I've been mm. in Antofagasta watching the way I was like and people are like, what you doing you're not in Antofagasta so some guys I was explaining mm. some other guy yeah I'm in Costa Rica some good friend they didn't know I was trying to explain a bit deeper with the family and all the things I'm telling mm. to you Many guys didn't even want to answer because I don't have time to explain them oh, everything what I'm feeling these days. Well, you have a podcast to yeah, explain exactly. it through it's now, explained. so we can get a few done at once. So time. I was just a bit, sh in, in Antofagasta I had this like, I was feeling shared. Mm. Like I was stuck in Costa Rica with my family and with Malina I was like, wow, this is good left and drop me and this just looks like a good event. Mm. This guy's going to get 10 ground and mm. this is all good. And then Malady, wow, maybe. And I was like, no, no, we did that and I'm stoked. And I arrive here and I'm even more stoked. Mm. And I know I'm on the good way. Mm. So the answer is no, I won't change anything if I won this event. Mm -hmm. I will go in front on with maybe doing the trials mm. since I've been having the world card here. Yeah. And that's my choice this year. But that's a good thing anyway. The trials in front on, I mean. Normally the waves are pumping. Exactly. But yeah. this is where the trials could be the hardest in the world too, of course, yeah. because the level in the Canadian yeah, riders yeah, yeah, yeah. Are plus super that wave is hard, you know, like and you don't just turn up the front on and you've got to put some time on that reef and look, you've, you've been a winner there many, how many times have you won front on? Oh, three times. Three times and a second. Yeah, and a second. How many events have there been? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> it's six, probably only been six what? or seven. Or okay, so you've won, you've been on the podium for most of them. <laughs> So, you know, it says a lot about the time spent there. Okay, cool, we've got, this, we've got the, the official word that he's not chasing the world title this year. Nah, not chasing, it's something you have to prepare. But we were talking to his peer about like Jared yep. title last year and he seems like focused on it, but he just make it happen at the last, at the end of the year. Totally. Third and then boom, and then happen at the end totally. when some guys like Pierre were focused all year round. Yeah. And sometimes we're thinking, oh, Jared don't have a good year, yeah. and then boom, turning around. Exactly. So maybe I should. And thinking at that, like yesterday talking with Pierre, I was like, yeah, maybe I just go to Sintra and then the, yeah. but I will have to go in Australia or I will have to be in, in Itacocha. I mean, for me, to be a world title, it's something you prepare. Not something you just go and see. Okay. And Pierre is more like that. Yeah. I'm super good technically, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna do it, all the events and see how I mm. go. It's something you have to prepare, especially with all the things in my life, the family, all mm. the sponsors to make it good, you know? To make it I don't know, you have to prepare it. With these other things in your life, like I mean, understanding the family prioritization, that's an obvious prioritization that makes sense. But I mean not a lot of guys figure this out right like a lot of people neglect their families and their relationships for sport for their passions I, I interviewed Jeff Hubbard the other day and you know he mentioned that back in when he was chasing the world titles you know like he had to sacrifice everything else in his life to really chase that world title but there were like nine events or eight events mm. on the tour so it was like a, it was a, a long, a long run. run right I mean do you feel I mean, how, like, I, I guess, like, do you feel over the last few years that you've had to sacrifice yes. personal life for professional glory? For sure. In both ways, and sacrifice professional life for personal. Yeah. Both. You can't have both. You are, you, this is my dream, to really <clears throat> balance my life with the both thing. Because mm. I want to keep, be there, and I want to keep fit, and I want, like, my, my, my dream in bodyboarding really is just to Im still improving my technical level, mm. not to be another time world champ. If I do it 
it's amazing. Mm. But me, I want to surf more as much as I can mm. with doing well with my family and feeling that my level improves still in rides and small wave or whatever, just improve my technical level. You know, some other guy maybe get bored because they're too good mm. by bodyboarding. You can see so many Australians, they were just so good, mm. really young, mm. doing pretty much every moves and all perfect and then and then I don't know, I'm just so motivating with bodyboarding in the water surfing with my technical level and mm. feet on the right and I want to have like the best balance right and left. That is like technical goals in bodyboarding, mm. higher than the world title to me mm -hmm. at the long term. So I want to be there and and doing well with with my family because it takes me a lot of time. Mm. Like when I had Oliver, Oliver was like two years old and I just said to Malini, why well, I need to go in Australia. I, I need to go to the South Coast and and I went for a for months mm. to serve because in Canaries it was kind of summer and I went there by myself and I spent like one month on the South Coast alone with no car, just walking, inching and I had the best trip. Which That's, year was this? That was 2015, I think. Right. Crazy. Yeah, 2015. And I stayed here and there, staying a lot at Glen Thurston Place yeah. and he had a broken hand so he was not surfing so I was just inching until the middle of the road and walking to trains like 45 minutes in the bush with my music on and go to trains at the end of the afternoon, no one's out, surfing nuggets by myself. And I needed this, mm. talking with Malini, I had the best where someone is shooting, no, no one is shooting, but <laughs> I'm there and I'm surfing and I'm feeling alive. And, and I needed that to, at one stage in our relationship, so intense, the change with the kids, you know, it's something mm. when you've been traveling by yourself and I mean, it's everybody's even experience, but with Malini, we were together one year after she was pregnant, mm. you know, and two years after we had a baby, mm. you know, so everything went really fast. So I was just like, wow, I need a bit of break. And Malini gave, gave it to me because she knew mm. I, was, I would come back. And, and this is what we do these days. Like she knew this break in Arica is good for us. Mm. You fine. I'm talking with my kids every day. And Oliver is like, when you come back, daddy, I'm coming back next week. Mm. And she knows it's good. I'm surfing a lot. I'm going to go back in Canaries now. It's summer, not too much waves. And, and, and it's good to break the routine, I think, in a relationship with your wife, with your kid, mm. to get it back together better. So that works pretty good, but yeah, a lot of sacrifice of mm. time, money, physically, you know, sometimes I want mm. to do something, but can, you have to be there. Mm. And I, I really want to do it well, you know, but you have to wake up early morning <laughs> 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 to make everything happen in one day. It's, it's, a, it's a real job. I love it and I love it every day more because mm. I can, I know I can do it and I, but yeah, the first year was, will be, was difficult. Difficult, special relationship with your wife, you know, it's like kids are there, you know, it's, 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 it's tough. Mm. You have to be strong with your wife and strong yourself. Stay fit and many, so many people you can see in the world, I've got, I've got kids, I can't do it anymore. Something, mm. bodyboarding, whatever, I can't do it, I've got kids. Many times I don't say nothing because I'm not going to judge, but I just want to say no, it's not true. It's the reverse, me with the kid, I never be that healthy because mm. I'm, living at the at my my, my children rhythm mm. wake up early sleep early eat like at the good hours and organize my day with them feeling super healthy but yeah with a pretty crazy routine that you can really come out mm. so good to be here in my room with no one talking with <laughs> me and i'm just oh, on the bed <laughs> having a nap and we always feel as like on the bed we're good here oh it's so good <laughs> How good are these beds? Oh, <laughs> like what? No, like four times in the afternoon, but you watch each other, we're good. Yes. You know? But we love our families, it's just something yeah. super special. Yeah. Right. So, with this, um, I think one of the. I never knew that your story was one of um, such rapid change with your relationship. Because. Well, like it's almost like I know that you you obviously met your wife somewhere. I'm guessing in the Canary Islands. I'm assuming mm -hmm. you met in the Canary Islands. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. correct. So you meet in the Canary Islands. You obviously fall in love, or you you're attracted to her at least, mm -hmm. and she's attracted to you. I mean, how did that develop? And, and I guess the bigger question I'm kind of proposing to you is, you know, you obviously met a woman, fell in love, and then you said oh. you basically 
had a child within a year or pregnant within a year of knowing each other, then two years in your... She was, he was there. He's there. Hello. <laughs> uh, have you married yet or...? Yeah, we married. Okay, you married as well somewhere uh, in, in, the that, middle, yeah. in that middle, yeah. So there's a lot of change in such a short period of time. Plus you're living in an island, another yeah, island. where everything happened in Reunion, that, it's, that was... Yeah, you left Reunion, then, yeah, right, I left obviously. Reunion. Um, so much change in such a short period. Are you, is it something that, did you ever feel like it was out of control? For sure. A lot of, because when I, when I met Malini, in, that was two, December 2011, and I was still living in Reunion, that was the beginning of the shock crisis in Reunion. Uh -huh. Beginning, like we still were thinking, no, this is just a moment. A yeah. moment. Yeah. And I had a really nice house on the beach, like sharing with my good friend. Mm. Um, and I had a room in, I was sharing that, that house, it was wonderful. And I invite Malini on Reunion. And for her, it was so far, like, I mean, there, and then let's go on the other side of Africa, I bring you there. And then my friend was like, you crazy, Emma, you're gonna bring a girl here, you don't have enough girl? Or <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, that one is special, I'm gonna bring her. I want to show her reunion. That was start like that. I was just to show her like reunion. So I invite her, and then and then my year was already set up because I was following the two and I was just mm. and so we start to traveling together. She, she had a school school a dancing school in in Galda, so we just closed it. She's closed it to follow me, and we just travel together. Mm. And actually, I was looking for someone I could share this life and to have like something more serious purpose in the future. I think, I mean, in my, ha in my family, we love child. I mean, it's something I've got inside, I, okay. I know. My brother have eight child. Eight? Eight. How old is your brother? My brother is 38, Woo. 37, eight child. Eight? Eight, they wanted eight. And then she's pregnant of the number eight right now, we're oh, talking. Wow. My sister got three, my little brother got one. Uh, many child in my family. Wow. Many child. So I've got this inside I knew. Mm. Because since I'm a young child everywhere. And 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 yeah, we fight with Malenia, I knew that was the girl because when I met Malenia I was the first girl I could talk about everything with her. Ah. Most of the time you talk with a girl and you hide half of you, especially at the beginning. Or not even half more than art, you just show your little facade or whatever. Yeah. And then when you realize you can share some deep stuff and then she's not scared. <laughs> and you like, could be the one. Yeah. And you won't even share even things deeper mm. and she's not scared, she's even understanding it and you can talk about it, you just like, wow, this is the one. Mm. That was pretty much happening. Mm -hmm. Reunion, it's amazing, but it's a really small place mm. too. And I needed someone from outside. Yeah. But my dream was to live in Reunion. Yeah. Malini, when she arrived in Reunion, she's like, what is that? Mm. It's paradise on the beach there. It's a oh. house with the lagoon, a garden with the lagoon. Mm. And then the sharks, we, I was, we were traveling and the sharks, and then I bring her in one event. I can't remember where, I didn't do well. But then I bring her in Antofagasta and I won Antofagasta with her with me. Because mm -hmm. at that one stage, she's really speech mystical and she's like, maybe it's not good. I traveled with you, you see you had a bad result. Oh. Now let's go to the next one, and I won. I won uh, Antofagasta. Mm -hmm. So we knew we were on the good, good way. Because that's what we are doing, because she would change pretty much your life, yeah. be with me, and so we figured out everything. Um, I don't know where I was, but I was there somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I mean, I guess like the changes though, you know, the, yeah. you, you made these decisions, and obviously you didn't stay in a reunion. Yeah, no, reunion were getting worse. Sorry, I was there. Yeah. Worst. And September 2011, mm. I lost a really, like an idol. It was a friend at this stage, but it used to be like a guy I was, like my god, bodyboarding god, local bodyboarding god. Yeah. And he just died in the shark attack in five meters from the shore in my local beach. What was where, his name? Uh, Mathieu Schiller. Okay. Mathieu Schiller, legend. Mm. And he had a bodyboarding school there, and it's like a really famous beach. This is the bodyboarding beach of Reunion, where mm where people used to start bodyboarding back in the 80s, like mm. the father of Jeremy Flores. Mm. The father of Jeremy is the first one, first generation of bodyboarder in Reunion. Yeah. Really famous beach and this guy died and I just said to Malini, okay, this, that was September and he said, wow, this winter, 
we go to Canaries. Mm. I leave the house, stay in the house with my friend, my stuff, but we go spend a few months. Mm. And then, I don't know, February 2012, boom, another one, and I knew it was something crazy, out of mm. control, so I can't remember exactly, but I went back and ring at one stage, get my stuff, said to my friend, I'm leaving. Mm. And I just go, and I arrive to Galda, and rent an apartment, and buy a car, and just start a new life pretty much in that small apartment with my board bag and just say, and I still have my stuff in reunion, like in my friend's house in like a big box, I need to go, I need to send it to me, my personal stuff when I was young oh, in reunion. Right. Okay, it's still there. Still there. And then now I uh, have yeah, two kids, <laughs> just bought a house Maybe in Canaries. Maybe it's nice to leave it there, do you need it? No. Maybe it's nice to leave no, it there. I, well, for now I leave it, I don't you have even, a reason sometimes to I think about it like, oh, I should do something, but my yeah. friend is cool, I've got maybe 30 balls there too, like in this, uh, like in the house and and it's I want nice to go to back miss stuff though I have this with Australia yeah. like you know I know that there's things in Australia that I miss I would, and I, I would it's love nice to, to know yeah, that they're there exactly mm. and Reunion I don't know I start to go there every year this year the federation wanted to invite me to make a course an oh, academy cool. with the kids there but there was another attack like two months ago three oh, months really? ago some guy a guy died 27 years old left leg and arm you know I mean, it's it's uh, yeah something. At, I don't know. It's a, it's a it's a long story too. Yeah, but yeah. the way I'm feeling from Reunion, it's it's super weird. Yeah. To represent this island from and being so proud to represent it. Even if I'm not born there, I'm born in France. But yeah. I arrived there really young. I'm from Reunion. Yeah. But it's 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 with what's happened now. It's it's I don't know. France, Canaries, Reunion. I'm I'm lost sometimes. Okay. But I, I really want to get this link reunion. I get my, I have my license in reunion. I got, I've, I'm representing reunion friends, but and I'm super proud of it. But with all what's happening there, it's it's sometimes super complicated to know mm. what I have, what I should say, what I should mm. do, or a bit lost in that way too. Mm. That was a, so we get back to that was a big change in mm. like a really short yeah, yeah. time. But changed my life like but that. But are you? Did you speak Spanish before? I was speaking a little bit of Spanish because in school I was studying Spanish oh, and okay. English okay. at the base, yeah. more or less. My mom speaks Spanish, uh -huh. my grandma speaks Spanish because they used to live in North Africa back in the 60s. Oh, okay. And many people from Spain was working there. Uh -huh, okay. um, so there is a Spanish mm. part of me. Small, so the, but the language barrier wasn't so high when you moved to the Canaries? No, no. I was, when I was moving to Canaries, I was coming here since 2006. Oh, and true. that was 2011. Yeah. 2012. So you already practicing I went to Spanish Mexico, on the tour yeah. and stuff anyway. I was talking Spanish, yeah. not fluently. Yeah. I was talking. But then after living in the Canaries and having mm. a Spanish wife, you yeah. go on another level. But yeah. but yeah, I was talking Spanish. Okay. So much change in such a short period of time. Are you someone who is, you must be someone who's quick to adapt to change? Yeah, I'm good to adapt. Yeah. Any. In the short term, like arriving in a new room, just organizing my stuff, yeah. and arriving in a new house, and just find my marks, and yeah. or losing an event, and wake up the day after with a new mindset. Pierre told me this today. Right. He's like, you're good to change your mind after losing, right? And it's true. Do you think that's part of your success? I think so. Mm. I think so, because in most of the sports, you're going to lose. Mm. And many guys, sometimes, they just get if I lose one more time, I just stop. Mm. Even now, I was talking with like uh, Maxim Castillo and tell me oh, I'm I was I was talking. I had a good reason in Antofagasta. Yeah. If not, you know, and I'm always trying he to push. He was struggling. Yeah, like he, he was, was trying. I was super stuck for him. He had his yeah. result. I knew it would be a motivation yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think it's it's a one of the strain I've got to mm. really adapt myself and and change my mind. And with the kids now, it's even easier because and if I lose. I've got so much happiness coming next week when I'm gonna go home yeah. and stuff like that. I don't know, it's, it's all about, yeah, the, 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 the strength to change your mind and just think about something, something else. Bodyboarding, it's all, I mean, I'm a bodyboarding, I'm a professional bodyboarder, but in so many different mm. aspects. Because mm. I'm not living from private sponsors today. No. So when I finish a contest, I know I've got stuff to do. Stuff to do. Mm. On that question, I mean, is is the is your current um, status in terms of sponsorship versus work? Like, how would you? What's the balance between that now? What? How does it actually half look? Half and for you? half, pretty half much. Half and half. Half and half. Yeah, okay. my contract been 
been going down since I chose to not follow the two. And anyway, even if I was following the two, the bodyboarding industry is pretty much down, especially in Europe. Yeah, yeah, Stuff yeah. for everyone. Mm. Stuff for everyone. Uh, but yeah, pretty much Alpha with the academy I'm doing since the beginning of the year, pretty much one academy a month. Mm. Which what I'm getting from private sponsor. I got a bit of help from the Ringing Island government. Oh, cool. They help, they help like sportsmen. Yeah, still. That's good. Little help. Um, so yeah, pretty much half half. Mm. But uh, I really want yet yeah, to get more involved with the academy. I've got mm. some really good project meeting because people see I'm, I'm yeah, doing it. it I'm doing like properly. It's actually exploded this especially year. here. Especially yeah. here with what I'm doing. Because here the structure it's it's amazing. I'm mm. five star hotel doing mm. a course. Like mm. it's it's good meeting some really interesting people. Uh, no, it's doing really well. We've got a lot of demands, but um, yeah, trying to be more independent. I want to be more independent with my academy. Still having some private sponsors because today I think I've got a good image and you can yeah. working on, but I really want to, to, to fund my personal life myself. Mm. And I will do it because I've got no other choice. Mm. And hopefully I still have some funding for my professional life, mm. but my personal life should be funding by myself. Mm. Just in, in one month, I've got a grant coming with the credit of the house, the school of Oliver and food. It is one grant every month. Yeah. Boom. So it is, it is tough, yeah. but I will do it. Yeah. I'm doing it and I will do it. What, what do you think the effect of your academy has on this you know, I guess we would agree that bodyboarding is kind of in this stagnation. It's not growing, it's not going anywhere, it's kind of lingering stagnation. in this grey zone. Yeah. It doesn't really know where it wants to go, but how do you position your work with the Academy as part of the, the response to the stagnation? Like, where do you position it? Yeah, um, depends, depends where, like in the Canaries, for example, where I have my school every day pretty much or every mm. week I'm there or now I've got people working for me and yeah. and this is a different way I'm just I'm really start I'm really trying to train some young kids and mm. make a good group and and make parents confident to put their kids in bodyboarding because there is armory there is a structure there mm. is there is moment to train and there is competition and yeah because I know I'm a father now and I know if I want to put Oliver in something mm. I just don't, don't want just he want to be on the beach going getting waves, I want mm. to put him in something structured. Mm. And I know that on Wednesday at two, four to six is training. And on the Friday and me, I can do other stuff. This is the mm. parents want. Mm. Know where the kids, you know, I'm just trying to structure a bit the sport locally. Mm. But when I'm going one time a, a year in Costa Rica, I'm just trying to make people realize that they really need to structure the sport and make people and trying so there is some young kids they love to train with Amari but many times I meet someone or two or three people that have a small association they try to move or they have a brand and, and just to make them realize that if they go together they have to structure the sports like me in, in France when I start back in the 90s there was so much structure in the sport like federation clubs competition every week like my mom died no doubts, like you put you in bodyboarding, this is so well done. Mm -hmm. In Reunion was super well done. Oh yeah, so much contest, club, you were first representing your club, and then the Federation will get you to put you in the national to represent Reunion. Since I'm 11 years old, Pierre is the same. And but then you go in Costa Rica or Mexico, so many guys surfing amazing web and no structure, like maybe a small association, like surfing association that's taking care a little bit of the bodyboarding, but that's it, you know? So I'm just trying to give some technical tips on mm. the short term, but just making people realize that they have to start to structure the sport and motivate the kids to put them in bodyboarding with structure, just mm. even the club. A club, it's enough to make people motivated to put their kids in a club because they're gonna train, not just mm. go, oh, you do bodyboarding, okay, go to the beach every day or, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just trying to put my little... It's interesting though, is it a cultural thing? Because I feel like in French culture, like sporting culture, there is a lot of structure in France. Yeah, you have Europe a, you in have general. The, in Portugal general, too, of course, yeah. in Spain. They have it's a, really a European thing, yeah. isn't it? Super to have these the federations and the, and the coaching. Yeah. And the, like I mean, and when you're saying like in the Canaries now, so the structure that you're creating 
in bodyboarding in Galdar specifically, right? Or do you go into Las Palmas as well? No, I do the couple of stuff, but it's mainly Mostly Galdar. Okay, so what if what have you structured there? Is it like a weekly training for the kids? Yeah, they have a weekly training with different like initiation, like beginners. Yeah. Um, like once a week. Intermediario, we go. Yeah, like. Normally, it's like Wednesday, Friday, Saturday morning, Wednesday afternoon, Friday afternoon, and Saturday morning. And depends so on the waves. Three times a week. Three times a week. And depends on the waves. I put one or depend. I put the level depending yeah. a bit on the waves. If it's massive for like all the way, we go to a small beach, and it's yeah. mostly for the kids really young. Yeah. But if it's good wave at fronton, like more or less, or mm. Guencha, it's fun. We go with the with the guys, a little bit intermediate guys. Yeah. So I just try to adapt with the WhatsApp group, and yeah, it's yeah. a bit. But also, I don't. I I could be something big in Galda, mm. bigger than I'm doing now. Yeah. But I'm not doing it because if I do something bigger, that's gonna be a lot of responsibility. Yeah. And I'm still traveling a lot, and yeah. many many people understand it. Some people don't. Like, why you done something big, Emery? So much demands. Like, yeah, but if I do something big, I'm have to be there. How many much. how many students are in your school in Galda now? Um, like constant students, I've got maybe 30, 35. But in my WhatsApp group, I've got like 85 people in my WhatsApp group of the Amory Academy WhatsApp group, 85. And I'm super cheap compared to some Is this a factor as well? It must be a factor because I've been to Galdar. I mean, it's not like, is it, is it a wealthy place where people are going to pay money no, for this? No. It's not, is it? This is more like if you're... Middle class or... Yeah, middle class yeah. or low class, especially yeah. compared to the rest of the island. Exactly. On the east side is the airport, a lot of industrial place and yeah. south. It's really too sickle. Yeah. And Galda is <laughs> the other side of the world, yeah, yeah, Gran Canaria. Yeah. So people, are, some people are getting paid like, uh, I don't know, like 600 bucks a month, 700 bucks a month. Crazy. But you can find a house for 250. Sure, and, sure. And with 100 bucks, you can buy Save. some food, you yeah. know, and it's Live. all relative. But yeah, what I'm doing in the Canaries is pretty different than what I'm doing around the world. Sure. Um, like I'm going in Africa sometime, they call me there, like in, in like Ivory Coast, these yeah. people call me, let's go there, Amory. And what, this is like a crew of passionate bodyboarders, yeah. all adults working, yeah. getting well paid, working, and they just want to invite Amory to spend a weekend with him. Amazing. So it's kind of different. Bodyboarding never will be structured in Ivory Coast, no. and they know that, but they have like a crew of 10, 15 guys, they're just happy to spend a weekend with Amory. Costa Rica, it was just, I don't know, like some guys invite me and we make it for free. It was like 50 people on the beach from like an eight years old kid to like a 45 woman, all 45 years old woman there, like keen on bodyboarding. So it's a bit different everywhere. I just mm -hmm. trying to motivate people with bodyboarding and to make them realize that structure is the future. Mm -hmm. Putting kids there. And maybe if Costa Rica start to structure today, maybe it will be a world champ of Costa Rica in the next 15 years. And yeah. in this term, Chile, it's like so much in advance compared to many countries. Well, what do you see? You, you and I had a brief conversation at the competition site, you know, like it dawned on me in this trip that really, like, I'm not going to say that Chileans are the future of bodyboarding performance-wise yet. I mean, I think Alan Munoz is certainly going to I mean, I think he will be a world title contender this year. By the end of the year, I'm sure he'll be in that mix. He's got oh, some sure. good results, definitely. And he's and he's and good. He has the skill. And he has the skill, of course. But any, you know, I think he already has a very. Well, he has a win with the system this year. He's already won his quest event, so he has a perfect result there. Mm. He doesn't have to do Sintra. Um, I think he's going to at least have a fifth here. I think he did okay at um, Antofagasta, but I think he'll be in the mix, right? So, and I think he's kind of their their main oh, sure. hope for a world title at the moment. But there are a number of other guys underneath. But I still think there is a there is still a South African domination yeah. at the moment still. Um, and there is also, I mean, George Humphreys has actually really stepped up this year, and, and Louis has amazing. been Louis, despite all of his injuries has been super consistent as well, I think. So there is still a good um, Australian influence, but in terms of the, like, because I don't think people truly understand Chile and what's happening here. Yeah, it's because it's just so different of what's happening around the world at the moment. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, like I said, in Europe, it's just going down a bit because it used to be so big in the 90s, 2000, mm. France, 
Portugal, so many riders. I mean, here, like 10 years ago, there were seven guys from Portugal, tw 20 Australians, mm. 15 Brazilians. Yeah. And then if you watch now, it's, I don't know the numbers, but it's like five Brazilian and no Portuguese. And yeah, no Portuguese, but that's an interesting problem. As I don't that's, know. It's all about strange. the dates too, and yeah. I think what's happening in Chile now with all this structure, you know. And yeah. I, I heard they want to create the bodyboarding federation. No country have a bodyboarding federation uh -huh. association business, but a federation. Mm. It's massive in France. We depend the surfing federation. The surfing yeah. owns like surfing tandems, soup, yeah. longboard, whatever. All the, yeah. the, the the riding wave sports. So I think I don't know. They have. Bodyboarding is pretty young in Chile. I mean, the, the oldest bodyboarder in Chile maybe is like maybe 45. Mm. The oldest bodyboarder in Australia is maybe 55. Yeah, totally. You know, it's pretty young. I don't know, it's so many reasons. What, what's, your, what's your thoughts on like why has or how has Chile gotten to this point where they're literally That's Because they are starting like something with the tourism and the course that France and have been doing for many years. like. The waves that can attract people. The wa I mean, here is it because the waves are better for bodyboarding? Is yeah, that maybe. Part of, part of it? And because we are in the moment where, like, 20 years ago, I think here there was it was empty the coast. Yeah. Oh, the water is cold here. It's all dark yeah. and rocks. And then now they realize like how we can take advantage of our yeah, cold yeah. water with rocks, and 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 black sand beaches, surfing or bodyboarding. And then yeah, the waves are better for bodyboarding. They are. Surfing right? it's pretty big in Chile in general, but. Yeah. It makes, if it was all points break, surfing would be big and bodyboarding not that big, but I mean, but I think it's because they are in like a, a young dynamic of tourism and mm. the coast and how to, where friends maybe is tired to do some stuff to promote is the coast because it's so it old does. already. Yeah. I don't so you know. think it's a tourism factor? You think maybe it's like that, a lot that of have so money. much Yeah, that have so much money behind, you yeah. know, like in Nantofagasta it's because this is the richest town in all Chile with mm. all the mines and everything. Mm. It's so many factors, but but I think it's because it's, yeah, it's pretty young the way that they're gonna they see their coast and how they want to push it. Mm. You know, all these buildings on the beach in Arica's coming now. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And they're gonna, I don't know, they're gonna private some, I heard that some big buildings, some hotels, like the hotel where I'm staying, gonna maybe private that little piece of beach oh, in really? front of them and make mm. a really nice beach. Crazy. You know, something that's already been done in many places, but yeah. here it's a bit new. It's new. Uh, so this, with the talents, with, with, I don't know, the money behind, I know it's a yeah. lot of factors, I don't know exactly the answer, but mm. I'm sure it's have to do with a, a young vision, mm. new vision of that Chilean coast. Yeah. And how to take advantage of what they got. Mm. Not white sand, beachy with blue water and yeah. warm water, but they take an advantage on the other way. Bodyboarding bring people here mm. a lot. And the way they treat it, I mean, I remember going in Iquique one time for the ISA games mm. and the, you were entering in the town and there was this massive photo, like a 10 meters high, uh, not flag, but like a publicity, like mm. with like black and white shots of humans, of like sportsmen, Chilean sportsmen. It was like this famous boxer, mm. like massive. And on the side, the bodyboarder, Joshua Toledo, oh, yeah. black and white with his board, like sick. And remember thinking, wow, close to the boxer, the famous Chilean boxer, they yeah. were Joshua Toledo, black and white, super nice shot, like serious. I was like, wow, I don't know, small stuff like that, like maybe how the way they trade bodyboarding, straight away they see it as a sport. Mm. In France, we have two world titles and you, you will still start have to explain to someone how extreme is bodyboarding. You know what Same I mean? in Australia, right? I mean, nobody, you know, it's it's there. It's been done there for such a long time, but it's so still not taken straight away. Seriously. Like people see, oh, you go in the water, cold water in the gringo. Yeah, guys, crazy. Why it's really extreme? Not yeah. now. You get playing there in the beach. I don't know. I think that's that's play too. Yeah, the way they they respect bodyboarding or the way they see it straight away, not to have to fight for like years to yeah. put bodyboarding where it should to be. Yeah, been there. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's, it's tricky, but. I was staying with the kids with the academy I'm doing here. Yeah. Every day I was saying to the kids, guys, realize how lucky you guys are. I was in Costa Rica and Mexico and kids not even thinking about what we have here because for them it's impossible to have like a training center in a five-star hotel, you know, 
mm. they will have it it's it's on yeah. you know you know they have a, a, they have a training place they have this place where i'm working with them with a massive screen and and between and where we are coming from the beach the hotel will bring food with us and all the kids bomb and i was thinking guys this is amazing way mm. to work most of most of many sports is like this yeah volleyballing no and in any place yeah so yeah take advantage and respect it too because many guys are trying to organize this for them and some mm. kids sometimes arrive late and yeah, yeah, yeah and i was like guys you have to take advantage and respect what's going on because in many places it's not happening so you have to be even more focused and more motivated because in world south america in the world world it's not happening like this mm. with people motivated union flow post an event are people like arturo mm. government funding like so many stuff that's happening for them but for them it seems a bit normal maybe they think when i told them man volleyballing is better in chile in australia and all the kids you sure i'm like i'm sure <laughs> i'm not gonna explain you everything you can bring an australian there next time and he can yeah and the, kind of the kids was like well you guys are the future yeah and they were all stuck but i won't they didn't realize really because for yeah. them it seems a bit normal yeah almost exactly. they feel they're late do you do you think that there's like the potential to breed a sense of entitlement like because it is too good you know is there a, is there a risk with this type of i don't know but they yeah. you, you have to discipline them because yeah. they just get in this world yeah we had five star hotel with amory with good foods coming they just yeah, go yeah. Walk, walk, we go surfing and it's pretty so crazy yeah. it's like and a yeah, parallel I was like, this is not just now like i mean i'm there now but this is for you guys to train mm. the whole year like a five-star hotel that put all the, the, the installation to mm. the bodyboarding training or, and surfing, but it's going to be mostly bodyboarders. Mm. So I was like, guys, this is big. Cool. And one of the kids was today in the heat with Dudu. Yeah. One of the kids I had in the academy, and we yeah. had a good speech yesterday with him. Was, was that Mo Moises? Moises, yeah. And he was there, his brother, he have two yeah, brothers. Yeah, yeah, the twins. The twins. So I don't know yet, Chile is next level in bodyboarding at the moment. Mm. I don't know where it go, where it will go. Mm. I don't know exactly why, but it's, 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 it's there. It is. <laughs> it is. Mm. I'm going to hit pause. Okay, well, it's great to see, well, it's great to see that the, um, that your impressions of Chile are like that. I mean... Está bien eso, está muy bien que la gente pasa así, está muy bien, no se preocupen. Como está la cámara aquí, La cámara está grabando. Pero no pasa nada, que pasa nada aquí. No hay plaza, no pasa nada. Es solo que él si se sienta aquí, a lo mejor no me van a ver, pero que gente que pasa está divertido. Porque pasa aquí. Todo bien. Uno, dos minutos. Solamente dos minutos terminamos, eh. Sí, sí, sí. So, actually, I was going to talk about training, but we just decided that we're going to bring back a specific training podcast. We'll get that done before we should. you leave, Arika. Yeah, yeah we'll do cool, it. Cool, cool. We'll do after it tomorrow he win, or whatever. After he wins the comp. And, um, <laughs> I would get you he, all my <laughs> But there was one question from one person on Instagram today, and I just want to get an answer on that quickly. They said they asked Fronton or Luna Park? Definitely Fronton. Okay. Like, depends off. Why? Like more heavy, better, more fun. I mean, I had this, the, one of the most scariest surf in my life was in Luna Park. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time we went there with Pierre, I was like, wow, getting on that cliff, going down like almost 400 stairs with like a sign, be, be careful snakes. And then you go down to the <laughs> cliff and you see the wave. It's twice the size you will see on the, from the top of the cliff. And there was a penguin. We were coming the world, a small penguin. The world was yeah, yeah. so cold. Oh, I mean, this is a night nightwear. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know you have these days, yeah. and I remember surfing another time with Glenn and time where surfing in the morning was so heavy, and at the end of the day it was pumping, like mm. no wind, sunny, yeah. six to eight foot pumping. But most of the time you go there, and it's not like that. Mm. It's ten to twelve foot, strong offshore. One of the worst wipeouts of my life was in Luna Park. Front on, it's it's more a bodyboard park. Yeah, right and left. Clear water, warm water, uh, nothing to compare to Luna Park. I mean, I remember driving 15 hours from like Sydney to Luna Park in the car with like five guys, and then you just go there and you have to serve 12 food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty heavy. But so front on is the answer. Yeah, front on is definitely not because I'm living there. Front on, it's it's a bodyboard wave, really. Luna's Luna Park is, but it's just super heavy and more gnarly than front on. 
the Italian are the same, well, are the same size because he handles more size than front-on, mm. that's for sure. Mm. The yeah. way the platform is made, front-on will, will stop maybe at 10 foot, a bit more, but you really have to have two solution. All the condition together and the tide and the sweat direction. Mm. Luna Park can handle more than this, 10 to 12 foot. And even more, when I there, when I served, guys was towing in like tw 15 foot. Mm. Matt Young and Novi and 15 foot towing and they were getting beats. Like, it was like, they didn't even watch, want to watch the barrel. It was just <laughs> too wide. <laughs> no, it was just, wow, next level. Front. Okay, cool. Well, we got that answer. Front on it is. Front on it is. Thank you for the podcast. As Thank usual. you, Josh. And let's do the next it's one. It's soon. so cool to, to be able to share some experience and yeah. opinions and, and all these things. Yes. So there it was, a great podcast there with Amori Laverne. Huge thank you to him again for taking the time to sit down in Arika. I hope you're all I hope you all enjoyed that one and I hope you're enjoying the Fronton King. I'm gonna get down to the comp site now and check it all out. Catch you later.